The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Serial Chronicles is a Serial Chronicles production. <laughs> Chronicles Q&A episode with me, Mina Rizuki, and of course, Nikki Bandini. How are you, Nikki? I'm doing good, Mina. I'm doing excellent. <laughs> oh, she's all raring to go. If you haven't yet listened to our main show from earlier in the week with former Manchester United goalkeeper Mark Bosnich, you know what to do, and that's download the episode. How can you come on here and listen to this without listening to the main show? I mean, honestly, you should be ashamed of yourself. Seriously, go back and download it. Go Thank back you. and download it. Stop what you're doing and go back and download it. <laughs> Listen to her. Okay. Um, we had quite a lot of <laughs> I feel like people are scared of us now. I don't know whether we could ever really come across as scary, Nikki. I think we're just, you know, maybe I could, but I don't know. Just bossy. bossy. Just bossy. It's different than scary. Bossy. I can do bossy. Yeah. Well, it was Halloween not that long ago, so... Let's uh, start off with some questions, some timely ones. Um, and I think these were delivered to Nikki. Or, but, you know, if you if you do want to send any questions, please follow us at Seria Pod on Twitter and deliver them there. So here's the first one from Manu in Ethiopia. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation. What do you think, Nikki? Manu? I was just wondering. I was thinking that's Manuhe, but I, I don't know. Maybe really Manuhe. Okay. Either way, thank you, Menuhi. He asked, Kessie and Benesser had a really solid game versus Roma. Tonali stepped up this season big time. Kroenich also low-key dropping big performances here and there. Do Milan have the best midfield in Serie A, more than Lazio and Inter, who got this title for some time? Okay, so I guess what, what he's saying is for some time we've always thought of Lazio and Inter as having the best midfield, but is it really Milan? What do you think, Nikki? That's a really fascinating topic to me, actually. I, I don't know if I would have said for some time that Lazio and Inter had it mm. because I remember thinking certainly uh, a year or so ago, I would probably have said around this point in the season, I might have been saying, oh, 
Kessie and, and Benassar is, is the, the number one midfield duo. If you just want a, a two rather than a three, I really like that that two. Um, I think I still really like that two, but now I don't even know if it's my favourite two at Milan because I've enjoyed Sandro <laughs> Tonali this season so, so much. And I think that what's nice about it actually is the variety that they give you because they are all different players. They all do all have uh, different nuances to their game. I know everyone put this etiqueta, this sort of label of, of the next Pirlo on Sandro Tonali, and, and that really isn't his game at all. But I do think he brings a range with his passing that is something different to what Ben Acer and, and um, Kessie do. So it's it's a really nice set of options for Pioli. Is it the best in Serie A? I mean, Inter certainly are really strong in that department. Uh, obviously, Nicolò Barella has taken leaps and, and strides forward. And I think that Brozovic has gone from being a player who I used to think of as quite intermittent to being perhaps the best organiser of playing in Serie A, to being one that I really trust to run a game, which I'm not sure that I think there are lots of people who do that really well in, in, in Serie A right now. Having said that, I also really like, really, really like this Napoli midfield three as well this season. I think Anguissa has just changed the the, the recipe a little bit because you had Shilinski and, and um, Fabian Ruiz who are both really great ball players, but they were maybe a bit too similar in ways at times. They were maybe a bit too much the same sort of, of approach to the game, whereas Anguissa stepping into that that mix with two ball players and being someone who will dribble, who will run the ball from deep, has given them such a different feel, has given them such a different, I don't know, such a different uh, mood. I love that. I love when I see midfields that are made up of different components come together and that three right now feels like it's really clicked together very nicely, but Milan is right up there. And I think if you pushed me on it, I think if you really said that you've got to pick one, I think I probably would pick that, 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 that sorry, that Milan uh, combination is my favorite, but I think there's some competition this year for sure. Firstly, I'm a little upset that you don't mention um, Weston McKenney, Rabio, and Bentancourt. That is the best. Oh. Rabio on the left wing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like the stuff of nightmares. Um, <laughs> listen, for uh, I, I probably wouldn't have also picked Lazio, even though you know, Lucas Leva, Milinkovic Savage, Luis Alberto. It was it was very finely done, but it was all because it was in the context of context of Inzaghi's game plan, and it worked so well. I wouldn't necessarily pick them if I was building a team. But I would have certainly picked at the time Sensi and Barella when they first arrived at Inter. I was obsessed with them. And then having them alongside Brozovic, um, for me, there was just so much of interest there. You know, you had a box to box. You had a guy who knew how to control the ball. Brozovic, who can do a little bit of everything. And and then and they enhanced themselves even further at the time. Obviously, Sensi has always been injured with Ericsson. And there was just so much more unpredictability with him playing there as well. So Inter, I think, are very stacked. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with Nikki. For me, it is the fact that it is Kessia Benese and Tonali and Kroonich. And I would have to say Brahim Diaz, because for me, Brahim Diaz is that 
otherworldly player right now who has been, for me, an upgrade, frankly, on Chananoglu. I think that he produces so much creativity and brings so much added value as an attacking midfielder. And of course, he does have a solid base in the sense that Tonali has been ridiculously good this season. Frank Essie is always good. And I'm, you know, you know, I have a special place in my heart for Ben Essie. Um, I am interested to see, because they will lose Kessie and Ben Essie, who Tonali will be played alongside, because they also have the, the opportunity to bring in Bakayoko, obviously. Um, but I would say any team that has a strong midfield, and like you said, Napoli as well with Angrisa and Zielinski. And, and you know that Zielinski has another gear to get to. So you just wonder when he hits that gear, how, how amazing they'll be in the middle, right? Um, and I like Deme, I yeah. like Lobotka. I like the, I like all their alternatives, you know? It's it's something that not many teams can say other than those three, frankly speaking, you know? Um, and that is why they are at the top of the table. And that is why they're the ones that are vying for the top positions. So if you ever wondered to yourself, how do you, do you build a winning team? You start in midfield. That's what Juventus did when they had Vidal and Pogba and and uh, Claudio Marchese and obviously Andrea Pirlo. And that is what now the great teams do from Crows and and Modric to once upon a time Hidir and Pjanic. And, and so it goes. The midfield is the brain. Um, and for me, maybe Milan might be winning it. Yeah, I think it says everything about Milan that we can have that conversation and it's like, oh yeah, and Bakayoko. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there's another player as well he can throw in that mix who's, who's useful. Got another question here from JT, JTE. That's that's how they've given us their name, JTE. There seems to be a pattern following Mourinho. His teams make questionable defending decisions. Does he get backed from new centre-backs in January or does he need to take a look at his coaching staff? Mina, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one because I think that the the problem is, is that, uh, interestingly, it was in this match against Milan that Fonseca had changed the position of Ibanez and Mancini uh, to try to stop Ibra. And... These little nuances I thought worked so well. And because I thought that at the time Fonseca also did such a marvelous job with Smalling, it's just about un- understanding who's going to to take charge of who. But here's the thing. I'm not somebody who believes in buying the right center acts and all of a sudden I'm going to have 15 clean sheets. I don't believe in that. I believe your tactics determine how good you are defensively. So... And if anyone has proved that, it should be Pep Guardiola, who spent a lot of money on his centre-backs. But it's not until he simplified the game at the back and included more cover in midfield that they started to actually do better defensively. So it's not whether or not you have Laporte or Stones or the thousands of different players that they had from Otamendi, obviously, and, and company before that. Of course, obviously having Bonucci and Chiellini, but they can't. They are struggling in defence because the midfield's not working. So your whole team needs to work perfectly. Which is, again, why I ask, mm. and that can include your forward. Shmurdov was supposed to be a guy that knows how to press from the beginning, from the top, who knows how to defend from the top. And I thought he was going to be the ideal Mourinho striker because he would sort of set the tone and set the pace a little bit like Lukaku tried to. Obviously, you know, he's not a huge name or anything like that, but that's why Mourinho really wanted him at the time and, and really liked him when he arrived. So I'm a little bit unsure about that. And in midfield, there has to be the right tactics, which is sometimes, you know, lowering certain players or making it a compact unit, just doing the fundamentals. And I don't know. It's like 
yes, you can trust him and buy other centre-backs, but I like Ibanez, I like Mancini, I like their defenders, I don't think they're bad. I just think they need to have a better balance because like you saw, De Vrij, at the start of the season under Conte was hideous last season. At the start of the season under Inzaghi, he was hideous. They figure it out defensively on a tactical level. And look, he's a he's superhero again, and so is Skriniar. It's about tactics. I don't necessarily want to ever really blame defenders because a lot of the greatest defenses are midfielders knowing how to position themselves so they're not covering ground and they're closing passing lanes. Can you say that about Roma's midfield? This question just immediately put me in mind of the cattiest reply I got on Twitter. Oh, no. Um, after no no in, in a funny way not catchy directed at me catchy directed at Mourinho oh. after uh the um after Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored his free kick against against Roma and I tweeted about how the um uh about how Ibrahimovic had scored underneath the wall even though there was a player lying behind the wall and the reply came back very quickly saying counting down to Mourinho complaining that he didn't have the right defenders to build his <laughs> wall with and need some new ones in January and I I, I snorted I laughed I, I might have chortled a little bit which um I'm sure I, I feel like I'm just not even meaning to but I feel like I'm making myself Mourinho uh, um, support is enemy number one, which I don't really mean to do, but I thought that was funny. Okay. I thought it was funny. And look, to be sort of analytical about it, there are some things that you can say replacing Fonseca with Mourinho was not necessarily an easy transition in terms of your defenders because Fonseca was very specifically someone who was able to get the most out of, for instance, Chris Smalling, because he wanted to play a high defensive line and say, yes, we're going to use your pace. We're going to not let you get in behind and we're going to take advantage of that. Mourinho doesn't play the same tactics. And in fact, fell out with Smalling at United and has this problematic relationship with him. Now, in fact, Smalling is not the best example because he's not been there. He's been injured. But I, I just think that stylistically, that line that's been warped going from Fonseca to Mourinho is not, an obvious one. And I think that maybe there would be a better set of centre-backs that would fit him uh, more specifically. But also the club spent so much money in the summer window. And this is not an ownership that wants to spend money for the sake of spending money. It's an ownership that is trying to get return on investment. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to get everything he asks for. And I think it's a very Mourinho narrative that no matter what he gets, he always wants a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Great pod. So Anders Christensen. We like this person already. Yes. This, this person's off to a good start. Hello. Thank you. We're drawing your hearts. <laughs> this is how you this is how you get your question answered on the show. Flattery gets you everywhere. I was at the <laughs> basically we just could be so easily bought with compliments, it's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Great pod. Um, I was at the Olympico last night and watched Roma Napoli. Oh, you're so lucky. And Guisa looks amazing. You've spoken fondly about him. What's his story? Do you like him, uh, Nikki? Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of his. Um, his story, he is, um, I don't know how much story you need. He's obviously a Cameroonian footballer um, who came to Europe initially through Stad Rem. Uh, they used system, played at Marseille went to Fulham when they were in the Premier League. They got relegated. He went on loan to Villarreal. They came back up. He went back to Fulham. And now Fulham, obviously going back down, he's he's moved on to, um, to Napoli. I think it's an absolute bargain 
but they've got him on because it's a loan deal. I think the the delito, the, the right to buy is set at like 15 million euros. Uh, he's still a young footballer. Um, I, how old is he? Oh, I can't do the maths in my head. He's 1995. So that makes oh, him 25 yeah. or 6. Yeah, he's yeah, going to have to have a lot of have a lot of football um a lot of growth left in front of him we were actually just talking about him with reference to the best midfields um in terms of who he is as a footballer he's someone who is quite unusual i think in in football certainly in this era because when i think about players who can dribble the ball we think about attackers we think about wingers we think about players who tend to line up in quite advanced positions are the ones that get that license and get to take on their man and beat a man. I don't often, or at least I certainly can't call to mind very quickly, players who line up as he does in often quite deep positions who are both able to and given license to take on a man. Because of course it's dangerous to do that further back on the pitch, but he's very, very um, talented in the dribble. Mm. That's really the thing that marks him apart for me. And and I suppose the other thing I would want to say in, in response to this question is, um, if you don't know his story, don't don't feel bad about that. Because even Luciano Spalletti said uh, that actually, uh, when he first uh, saw Anguissa in his team, he said, "I didn't know a thing about him. It was someone that the ownership had brought him." He was like, "Okay, here's this footballer," and turns out they get on quite well. Well, I I think that to those who don't follow Italian football, you know, we we have sporting directors and we have coaches. We don't have managers, and so. Yes. He will ask for certain skills and they go out and buy that player and they bought him in Greece. So it, it, to those, um, the firstly, there's a beautiful article that you should probably read if you want to follow him, which is on The Athletic. It is a paywall behind it, but it was at the time written by their, um, their film correspondent, Peter Watzler. And he goes into a full story. I mean, it is really honestly like 3000 words about everything, how he started at Cameroon, but one interesting thing is that Marseille, uh, a scout for Marseille, went a lot and, and scouted in Africa, including in Cameroon, that is hosting the Africa Cup of Nations this year. So that's going to be interesting. And he said that he spotted him. And at the time, he had so much skill and, and interest. And he comes from a, a quite close family, much like a lot of great players. And, and I think having a strong family set up behind you is, is quite important for youngsters when they're trying to figure their way through. But they really wanted him to focus on his education. He wanted to play ball. And his mom was really against it at the time. But um, he went ahead and got his dream played and thrilled. And Marseille scout spotted him and decided to do a test on him, which is, you know, give him a little bit of a, of a piece of advice and see if he followed it. And to see basically whether or not he's coachable, whether or not he'll listen to instructions. And he said, oh, he was, he was so fantastic on the ball, but often he didn't really provide much. He just sort of stood on the pitch. So he said to him, I'd like to see more from you when you lose possession as a team. What are you going to do about it? And he said the next time he watched him, he was everywhere, trying to win back possession, trying to control the ball, making the right runs. And, and the fact is, is that he only had to say one thing to him and already it changed the player. And so he realized, actually, this kid has a lot. Eventually, he moved to Rem and they didn't have the time to really bring him up to speed on a tactical level. It's very different, obviously, when you've reached Europe and they didn't have the right moment to really invest in him. But uh, eventually he obviously trained with Marcelo Bielsa and Bielsa's number two, Passi, is the one who made him play as a number, number six. 
and realized that really that was his, probably his best as a best decision because he was so clever in, in as a defensive midfielder, so clean with his passing, so intelligent in carrying the ball forward, but also so understanding of which positions to to take up, to stop the opponent, to neutralize their strengths, how to help the team. And he was so eager to learn, always asking questions, always trying to, to figure out a way of, of really of producing the best. And then, you know, like Nikki said, eventually went to Fulham, was a success. And at the end of the day, he arrived at Napoli and his dreams are huge. He wants to pay for the best. But the difference, that, the, the thing that makes him so different to all the other players and I, I want to say that, is that he really feels grateful for the opportunity of living his dream. And I feel that sometimes you feel with certain players that they are good at it, and so they play football, that it was sort of a chance to make it or make money. But for Anguisa, it was really his life's dream. I mean, his family didn't want him to do it. Those around him were like, oh, are you sure about this? And he was like, yes, this is all I want to do. And he followed it through and tried the best that he could do all the time to get there. And I think this is this is what stands him out. And interestingly enough, Antonio Conceição, who is the Cameroonian coach of the national team, was saying, you just have certain people in the dressing room that just, they make a difference. And, and actually, they also said that about him when he was in, in Spain. We should mention he also was there at Villarreal and his reputation preceded him because he was a great player as well as being an excellent person what he brings to a dressing room, how he holds it together. He's so loyal. He's so always, if he gives you his word, like he did with Rudy Garcia, then he won't go back on it. And so he protects everyone around him. He will give you everything he has. And if there's anyone in the world that you want to root for as a football player, after reading those articles about him and having to cover him for another podcast I did, I'm a little madly in love with Anguissa now, and I hope that he wins everything. <laughs> so, which puts me at odds because I love Milan too now. <laughs> I, I don't know who I'm supporting. Mina's supporting Inter, Napoli, yeah, Milan. Yeah. <laughs> I just love individual stories, and that's why we love the sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really well told story. I wish I'd asked you that question to start off with me, and you had a much better answer than I did. That was great. But that is all we've got for you on this edition of Chronicles Q&A. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, do keep your questions coming in on Twitter at Syriacronpot with the hashtag Chronicles Q&A. Find us on Twitter at Mina Rizuki, at Nikki Bandini. Links to all Syria Chronicles social media are in the show notes. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we specify good reviews. That's what we're looking for. Don't leave a bad review. There's loads of places you can leave a bad review. You could write it on the wall of your local public bathroom. Don't do that either. That's vandalism. I'm just just saying you don't you don't need to. You don't need to write your ratings. In fact, you know what? Write your positive review there as well as writing it on Apple Podcasts, because then someone else will find out about us. Consider supporting the show at seriachronicles.com forward slash supporter and we will see you next week I was saying oh it's a shame we didn't even get to teams like Torino and then you both of you started chatting and I'm like what's happening oh, I'm sorry that was the actual outro I'm so sorry <laughs> I was like, never mind, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. Sorry. <laughs>
Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.